This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Welcome to First Class Counselors, where we give camp counselors insider tips and advice on how to make a camper's summer the best it can be. And whether you are brand new to the camp world or you've got a few summers under your belt, we are all about giving you the insider tips and tricks to be the best you can and maybe even be a first class counselor. Yeah, that's right. Um, my name is Oliver Gregan. My pronouns are he, him. I'm the executive director at YMCA Camp Winona in DeLeon Springs, Florida. My name is Matt Wilfred. I am the director of overnight programs at Campfire Circle, and we are happy to welcome you to this episode. This is going to be a fun one. Because it's about food. Oh, I love food. Uh, the hierarchy of things in my life, I think food reigns supreme. Sorry to my loved ones, but I may or may not take a second look at a cheeseburger before choosing the morally right thing, which is you. <laughs> I honestly really do love food. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite things. But also, let's be honest, camp food is camp food. And it is a step above your typical high school cafeteria. But it's also not up to like the quality of, say, like a college like dining hall, food court kind of deal. Um, you know, your choice is usually limited to about one thing a day. Um, and then like the side salad bar, that's an option as well. And then maybe um, camps have really come around nowadays and have dietary restrictions. But if you're a picky eater, just know that you're going to have to have the palate of a 10-year-old who really only likes their chicken nuggets in the shape of a dinosaur. <laughs> but and as this becomes repetitive and obviously your adult heightened sense of taste, um, we need to find ways around it because you're going to be eating in the dining hall three times a day pretty much every day for anywhere from six to 10 weeks. So let's make it palatable. I I love food as well, Oliver. I, I don't know if I can match your fervor for it, but I do I do love food. I love cooking. Um, and I remember when I went to a camp dining hall for the first time, I, I was never really a picky eater and I was always kind of fine with it because I was a camper. I knew what I was getting into. But we are doing this episode for those of you who may not have been to a camp dining hall or you're stepping into a brand new one because we often on this show talk about, you know, what you can control versus what you can't control. Um, and you can't usually control the camp menu. You can maybe make suggestions and we'll talk about that in this episode, but you know, it, you kind of, I'll say this again, but you get what you get and you don't get upset. And that's kind of what it's all about. So we're going to go through um, some of our favorite dining hall hacks to help you um, survive or thrive or somewhere in between uh, your dining hall. So in this episode, we'll talk about our dining hall experiences, what, what we have learn to expect when it comes to a camp dining hall so you can know what to expect. We'll give you our hacks, our dining hall hacks on tips for eating in the dining hall. We'll talk about camp snacks, what are our favorites and um, you know, what are the insider tips and tricks on how to how to have the best snacks at camp and how to keep the best snacks at camp. Uh, we will finish off by talking about going out to eat on time off when you're on your time off, how to take advantage of the time when you're not eating camp food. And then I'll preview this before our eggle. We have a special challenge just for our listeners um, that we want you to be a part of the show. 
but stay tuned for that. All right. So let's get kicking. Um, and let's just start off with what your dining hall experience is. You know, um, there's a lot of camps across the country. Um, I've gotten to eat now uh, at several camps and every one is a little bit different to be quite honest with you. Um, but Matt, do you want to kick us off? What's your dining hall experience been like with where you've been able to work or even visit, you know, that one time visit, you got to see another camp and what they cook and prep for you. Yeah. The, Mine's definitely been varied. I've mostly experienced Canadian dining halls. That's where I've worked mostly, but I've been to conferences all across the US and Canada and seen how different camps do different food service. And so kind of, I'm thinking like the 101, if you've never been to camp before, you know, you're... The, the camp has a big job. You know, you're feeding 100 to 300, sometimes 400, 500 kids um, and staff in like one or sometimes camps even do two meal services right so you have a you have a, a a breakfast a and a breakfast b oliver just motion three sometimes holy smokes so they have a big job so i think contextualizing some people like we like to rip on camp food sometimes as being you know not great pulled out of the freezer sometimes that's all a kitchen can manage with that many things and um but i i do notice camps moving towards you know salad bars so having an option an option alongside the meal which for you as a counselor is great for you that you can make like your favorite piece of toast or your favorite salad. Um, and then even camps are getting better and better when it comes to dietary needs. And just, I think the food is also evolving as well. So me as a vegetarian, I've only felt like supremely shafted at one camp conference that I went to and I won't, I won't name the thing, but I even made it work. So I think just just expect a little bit less variety. And as a staff member, something to be aware of is that most kitchens operate on a rotation menu. Um, some are weekly, so you're every Wednesday, it's every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday, that might happen. Um, but I think more and more camps are moving to like two or three week rotations because they recognize that for the staff, got to keep it fresh, even if the kids are only there for one or two weeks at a time. That's kind of Camp Dining Hall 101. Yeah. I mean, I've been really lucky. I've gotten to eat in the Northeast, uh, Connecticut and Jersey. And I've got to eat in Canada before, which was a very different experience. Uh, I think the rules on food are a little bit different. And I just found like, at least where I was in Canada, the the food was fresh. It was like prepped food. It wasn't kind of frozen and taken out, which mm. uh, justifiably the United States is famous for kind of pulling its food out of a, out of a freezer sometimes. Uh, with that being said, um, I've had great food in the United States. Don't don't knock it. If you are a camp counselor who is coming to the United States for the first time to eat, and you are scared about eating American food, you'll be you'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think that that comes to say. And then Matt really did hit on it. You're you're typically getting that one option of a hot meal. Uh, you'll have something that's for normally like a dietary need or something. You might have a soup or something like that that's off to the side or a cereal bar as well for breakfast or hot oatmeals or something like that. Um, and then of course your classic salad bar, um, which is key to making sure that you have some variety, right? You can always take like chicken sandwich day and make a chicken salad instead, mm-hmm. right? Like yep. there, there becomes, there, there becomes a little bit of creativity in it that allows you to play a little bit with what you're going to get to eat when it comes to camp. So you don't get repetitive because like Matt said, there's that, rotating cycle of food um, and you want to make sure you don't get caught up and, and just feel like you're eating the same thing over and over again. Um, but we're also going to get off of camp during this podcast and talk to you a little bit about what you can do when you leave camp to make sure that you can break from that dietary um, at least once a week. Mm-hmm. 
So, all right, let's go down here. What are your tricks for eating in the dining hall? We mentioned a few of them or hinted at a few, but Matt, what are you doing in the dining hall to make sure that your dining hall experience is, is a little bit better? I think the customization that comes with an options bar is really great. I, and But I don't want to just like tout it, even though I think it's the be all and end all, your camp might not have it. And again, that might not be something you have control over. So, um, but... I think it's important you know what you're getting yourself into and then you can apply some of these hacks. Oliver's got some really good ones coming up. And my biggest tip for you would just be to ask for the menu ahead of time. Make sure that you've communicated your dietary um, needs. And um, by needs, I mean like the actual things that you follow year round. It, I, I don't recommend... Um, this is like an anti-hack. I don't. I, some people I've heard are like, "Oh, I'm going to be vegetarian for the summer, so I can, you know, get the veggie options." I I don't recommend it because then you're committing to not eat meat for the summer. You don't just get to. You're not a flexitarian. You you don't choose to be a flexitarian at camp, um, because the veggie options are usually a little bit more expensive, and um, it takes special prep that the kitchen has to do. So you don't want to be that person and just pick and choose. I, I've known some that people that I've had to have conversations with. Um, so knowing the menu ahead of time is, is a bit of a hack too, because then you know what you're getting into and you know what you can bring to supplement. Like if you feel like the protein options aren't varied enough, you can supplement that with your own in terms, like maybe you can bring like some, um, I don't know what you call them in the States, like meat sticks. You know what I mean? Like the, <laughs> the dried, like beef jerky, essentially. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I was going to take back everything I said about Canadian food when you said the word meat stick. Meat sticks. stick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like hot rods. Ooh. We call them hot rods. <laughs> or I don't know what the hell they are. But I, I, th I think that that's, that's kind of my, my, biggest, my biggest thing is knowing the menu ahead of time. And, um, you know, I think also the one thing we haven't talked about yet is coffee, too. Coffee and tea are a really important thing and knowing what your camp has. Now, the one thing that I don't know if many camps have figured out yet is really good coffee because good coffee on a large scale is really expensive. Some camps choose to invest in it, but nine times, 99 times out of 100, I know that staff bring those little like via, via, I don't even know, the Starbucks things um, to get, make themselves like a really fancy instant coffee. Or they'll, they'll have a, I, I've known a staff member who has brought in um, an espresso machine into the staff lounge. He brought his own and taught everyone how to use it. And I think their, their parents worked for a coffee company or something like that. And the, the, the staff lounge always just smelled like the best coffee, coffee shop in the world. So I'm not suggesting you do that, but um, knowing your, your coffee tea situation and bringing what you like, if, if, you, can, if you can manage that um, and your camp allows that is, is a great touch. Okay, Oliver, you've got some really good ones here. Yeah. First off, sorry to my staff. I'm not a coffee drinker. I know a camp director who does drink coffee is a strange thing, but yeah, no coffee for me. And unfortunately that just means, and I don't mean to be rude to my staff, but it does mean you suffer because I'm not trying the coffee before I make it for you guys in the morning. To me, it, it's, oh, it just tastes gross. So I put, I put in coffee grounds in the machine. I'm like, Hey, look, it's six o'clock in the morning. I know my staff want coffee this morning when they come for breakfast and this is what they're going to get. And I usually will like stand there off to the side and like look at their faces to see. And usually I don't get that many grimaces. So, you know, that's just my little thing just to make sure, you know, they get their coffee. It takes a little bit of a load off of the kitchen staff when I make the coffee, but also I feel horrible because I shouldn't be the person doing it. There should be a coffee lover who steps up to the plate there. Just <laughs> mud every single morning. <laughs> 
yeah, but going into my advice, um, first off, treat your dining hall like a program area and the food will instantly taste better. I know that seems strange, but if your mentality going into eating is excited to eat, even if they're putting out the grossest casserole, that was definitely last week's left leftovers that they're trying to get away, away with like dishing out. If you're like excited for it for some reason, you somehow bear it way better. Um, so that that's number one. And like Matt said, you can figure out what foods are before your dining service um, team knows pretty much what they're cooking for the week. So a really good thing to do with your kids on like opening tour and you're going around, you have to go into the dining hall and explain how the dining hall works usually on this tour. And when you do that, like have them interview the kitchen staff to figure out what the menu is for the week. Give them a piece of paper and a couple of crayons. They can write down what the menu is hanging up in the uh, cabin. And now you never have to worry about kids coming up to you and asking you what the food is again. It's just like, oh, go check the dining hall board in the cabin and they can all know what the meal is. Um, and they get that fun experience of learning what it is, meeting the kitchen staff. Um, and they too can start to prepare for what the menu is going to be that week. So it, it's a great one. Uh, great advice Matt is giving there for that pre pre thought, like what, what's happening there. Also, if you don't do that and kids are asking you what the meal is for the week and you know what it is, please, please, please don't do that. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Or, um, like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, or you tell them it's like a poo poo platter or something. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Don't mess with kids in the food. Like, Mm-hmm. Imagine when you're hungry and you want to know what food is and someone starts to mess totally. with you. It's just totally come on, bro. Not cool. Yeah. Um <clears throat> next is I like to bring a secret ingredient. Um, so like in the staff lounge, you'll typically have a fridge or something like that. So you can store food probably in there, um, or just get like a non-perishable one. But I always thought it would be funny. Um, like with my cabinet kids, is like, oh, I know that this meal is coming up, so we're gonna get a secret ingredient and we're gonna pull it out. And either A, we're like super excited because we have the secret sauce, right? Like if you yum yum sauce, if it, who if you know what yum yum sauce is, which is becoming more common knowledge, it used to be like the secret sauce no one really knew about. But now yum yum sauce is actually something people like go out and buy. Get yum yum sauce. And that is your secret sauce for every meal. Anything you put it on tastes amazing. Um, like you can put it on a brownie, which does not sound like something cool to do because <laughs> it's a dessert, but it tastes phenomenal. So yum, yum sauce, everything. Um, your kids will be really excited about it. And if there's ever a kid at your table, who's like, Oh, I don't really like this. You'd be like, okay, hold on. I have the secret sauce, bro. I can make Mm. whatever you think is not appealing. Tastes amazing. And then you put that secret sauce on it and it could be like, it can be yum, yum sauce, oyster sauce, whatever you want. Um, don't do sesame oil. It's way too strong. It tastes gross. That's, that's when I learned pretty bad, pretty quick. Um, <laughs> sesame oil as a food hack. Yo, it was powerful. I didn't see it coming. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's that powerful. sinus is real fat. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna put. I'm gonna yeah, put Oliver. I'm gonna put yum yum sauce in the show notes. I found. I found a recipe, and it's it's a lot of ingredients. So if you can find it to buy it, but this this looks. Oh, delicious. you can buy it. On I'm the, probably gonna make it. At least in the states, you can buy. It, you can buy it off the shelf in the states now. There's, it's like like barbecue sauce now. Mm. Um. But also, like, don't, it doesn't have to be sauces either. Um, you could, like, pretend to be French one day and just come in with, like, four baguettes and, like, you just split the baguettes once all your kid. Cause every kid eats bread and bread makes, it'll make it exciting, especially if you're wearing, like, what are those little French hats called? Um, a beret? Not a, 
a beret. Is that it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just come in, be super French about it and be like, hello, everybody. We are going to have a French <laughs> baguette with you know tonight. And you just enjoy it. Right. And this is the crazy thing is like, yeah, even if the food is not your option for the night, you have something else that's exciting you and you can get through the meal because of that excitement, the thing that you're looking forward to. Mm -hmm. Um and those are really my, that's my big advice is the dining hall is a program area, treat it like a program area, have fun with it. And then all of a sudden eating is a fun game that you get to do with your kids. And there's a lot of other advice you can give, but these are just ways to, to help you get through. Matt, do you have anything else you just want to touch upon before we move on? I, th I think you talking about the dining hall being a program area reminds me, we, we did a whole episode on this. I think it was called magical meal times. And it was, it was all the things that you can, you can do to, to make the mealtime experience great for kids. We're talking kind of about you here. Um, and I also, I wanted to call out kind of two, two important things. One, we say it all the time on the show is follow your camp policies, make sure it's cool to bring your own stuff. Um, some people, some, some camps might have that kind of design that they, you know, because, of, you know, allergies or, um, you know, some people might be like, well, if you, there's not enough for everybody, it's not really fair for your kids to get your kids to get stuff and the other kids not. So, um, and the other thing is don't, I never want to say something on this show that think, makes a counselor think they have to spend their own hard earned money on something that's, that's going to be extra, but and wellness is wellness, right? Getting this the stuff. If food is something that's going to make you happy and help you push through those long days, then then why not do that? It's kind of like how I feel about a good pair of sandals, right? You're you're going to be wearing those every day of the summer and spending a little bit more money. That's a wellness choice in the long run because you're not dealing with blisters. So to make sure you have the right food that keeps you happy or keeps you healthy, um, again, if you know the camp menu, you'll be able to do that. Yeah. And I think you hit on something too, that's really true is like camp is going to feed you. They're going to have the food. They're going to have the options you need in order for you to eat and yeah. continue moving and stuff. But at a certain point, like there is your own happiness that is to your degree, your personal feeling. Mm -hmm. And if your personal feeling is that like, Hey, at this point in time, I need another option. I want to add something to this meal. It's not enough for me. Right. You are one person in the 500 people that that camp might be feeding, right? You can't expect that the menu, that the dining experience and all that is going to change just for you. And also the camp can't expect to do that for you, right? Yeah. So you have to put a little bit of grit inside of yourself and say, hey, look, if I want this I have to be the one who empowers that change or a, I have to be the person who gets through it. Right. I have to be the person who just says, Hey, look, this is what my dietary option is for the day. This is what I'm going to eat. Cool. Or you're going to be like, okay, cool. Where can I go from here? What can I do in order to make this experience a little bit better for me? And you, but man, Oh man, the staff members who parade around saying there are no options or I'm not hungry. I'm not going to eat that. They start to grind my gears real, real quick. Um, just because like, Hey, look, we're doing the best we can. We're trying to feed all these people. Um, please, please. And as somebody who like during really tough times at camp has hopped in that kitchen and been cooking in there and had to like, you know, take the, take the wheel for cooking meals, man, don't, don't come to me and, and cry about what food service is. Cause I, I'm a little bit less, less forgiven in that, in that <laughs> category. Uh, <laughs> All right, cool. But let's get out of the dining hall. There's other ways to get sustenance. And that's what we're kind of talking about anyways. Camp snacks, the things that you could eat that aren't right there, right? Because, you know, camp will give you apples, oranges, bananas, 
fresh fruit and stuff, maybe some pretzels. We'll go out, maybe some chips occasionally, maybe get some candy out of the camp store. But what are the things um, that you're going to keep on hand for like when you have your hour off and you just want to snack um, that you might want in your backpack as you walk around camp? Um, and, you know, I'm just going to put this out here. You know, some camps say no snacks or if you have a snack, it has to stay in the staff lounge. Um, but let's be honest, um, people be sneaking food across camps and everywhere. America to Canada, you got, you got, we know, we know there's hostess in the back of that backpack, right? Melting its way down. Like, don't, don't lie to us. Yeah. Um, I'll address this in my little portion here, but um, how do you keep that food? How do you hide it from your camp director? How do you hide it from your campers? And uh, most importantly, how do you hide it from your co, right? Number one, no, number one thief is definitely your co trying to take, <laughs> take, take your snack. <laughs> Where do my Reese's Puffs go? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you said something really funny there too, but I don't want to sidebar us too far. But what what kind of puffs were those, Oliver? Um, I come from the school of Reese's Puffs. They're mm. Reese's Puffs, not they Reese's are, Puffs. They are Reese's, Reese's. Puffs. Interesting. Reese's. Sound sound off in the comments. Are you Reese's or Reese's? Are you right or wrong? Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> that I am wrong. I okay. know that technically okay. the way I say it is incorrect, but I'm, I'm saying that that's just the way it is. We have it's a very, to it's a very it American easy. thing. Yeah. The, and oh, there's a, I, I looked up a YouTube video of the person who owns like that line of candy and he's like, it's Reese's, but yeah. it's okay. You could, you could, that's fine. You be I, you. <laughs> anyway. I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to accept it. Yeah, we're learning language on this podcast too. You could probably point to like six or seven times where we've we've had fun with that. Um, okay, so so snacks. I, I think I'm going to be that guy. I know people be sneaking food, but I'm just going to say just just pay attention to the rules and maybe just try to understand why they're there, and and it'll tell you how to be careful around what you may choose or not choose to sneak when it comes to food. Um, you know, allergies, when people say no peanuts, it's because peanuts is one of the most common allergies that people can be like anaphylactic to. And if some, if they, if the camp gives you a weird one, like no mangoes, for instance, there could be a reason for that. And if, uh, you know, week to week, some allergies change too. I know that we've, we've had kids come on site with, um, anaphylactic to dairy allergies. And I would really hope that my staff are paying it my sorry the staff that I work with are paying attention to um to that allergy and saying okay you know what even if I brought like chocolate bars I'm going to keep them in my my bag for this week because the kid's safety is more important than my food someone's life is more important clearly and also be really aware of wherever your camp is what having food in sleeping quarters or food in spaces will mean for your nighttime visitors. Um, because raccoons are hungry and mice are hungry and bears are hungry and your snacks in a place that isn't like sealed off is going to be um, a great target for them. So there's a reason why a lot of these rules are in place. It's not just because they don't want you to have food. Um, and, and like the, another reason why I'll give you like, a, I guess a reason why camp directors have the rules is the mess that happens too, right? So if you're going to, if you're going to have snacks, just keep it on the down low. You don't, you don't want to become the, the trash heap and have a bunch of like gross Kool-Aid jammered things in your backpack. Cause you didn't want to like walk them out to the camp dumpster. Um, 
and you don't want a bear in your cabin. So uh, definitely that's important. Other two quick tips is label your food. If it's going into a common staff lounge area, make sure it's labeled. People know very clearly that it's yours because everyone is going to get whatever the, the cool snack is. And you want to make sure that at least if if the, the rule, which it should be at camp is no stealing food, you can be like, well, this was labeled. There's no excuse for it. And I'll give you my little hack that if you want your food stolen, then you tell people to help themselves to any of your food. If you want to prevent that a little bit, you share it, but your choice. So my phrase is here you are, not help yourself. Like I'm gonna give you this freezy rather than saying, hey, go into the fridge and go into my box of freezies and get a freezy. Because then they're gonna think they have like perpetual permission to go into your box to get your freezies. And then you're gonna run out of freezies and you're gonna be pissed. And it's going to be a whole thing. Um, I I like just I I was a, I didn't share my snacks. I was just a jerk. I was like, just get your own. <laughs> I think these are my snacks. And maybe like my best friend, I would share like half of a pull and peel or something like that. A meat stick. <laughs> meat stick. <gasps> so gross. <laughs> All right. Um, I agree. Allergies, super important to be conscious of, right? Like I brought up oyster sauce earlier or even sesame oil, right? Those things contain allergies, right? Like that you have to be careful about like mm-hmm. that's shellfish and like, uh, I, I know sesame is a very common, is also a common, mm-hmm. um, to be like aware, especially of like the people around you, what their allergies are. You should know generally what your campers allergies are. Um, so if they do have like a dairy allergy, don't hand them a Hershey's chocolate bar for their s'more. Um, those are just two things to keep away from. Um, so I think those are really important. Be aware. Uh, and, um, avoid perishables. That's a big one for me. Um, there's so, so many times, like as a camp director, I am so upset when (laughs) I find, something just covered in mold, right? Like yeah. you find, like you find someone who, Oh, this is a good one. This is, Oh, this is a prime one to get angry about. Someone takes a mug out of the dining hall for their coffee, right? Their morning mm-hmm. coffee. Mm-hmm. They take it. They take that coffee mug to their first program. You know, they're going out they're at archery or whatever. And then they take that mug and they put it off to the side and then they leave and forget it. there. Yeah. And then the next day someone sees that mug and they just go, Oh, I'm not going to do anything about it. And you can tell how angry I get about this because I'm telling the whole story. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and that, you know, a week later, that mug is still there. No one's yeah. touched that mug. And now there's a clear, clear surface of mold on top of it that yeah. has grown. And yeah, some ecosystem. poor soul. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it has an ecosystem. Um, you could use it for uh, for disinfecting or whatever. Well, what is it? Um, uh I don't know, killing germs, whatever it is, uh, penicillin. It, it's the root oh, of yeah. penicillin yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then some other poor staff member has to be the one typically right. who has to pick that moldy mug up and bring it back yeah. to the dining hall and wash it. You horrible, horrible person. <laughs> perishables. No perishables. Um, Even in the fridge, I've also seen this. Like the I've I've cleaned up half oh. half jars of like pasta sauce. Well, I don't know why you're bringing like your gross regular pasta sauce to camp, but then you leave it in the fridge and then you have half pasta, half mold. It's gross. Yeah. Oh yeah. So perishables, <laughs> please keep them away. Find non-perishable food as your snack. Um, also, just Matt, uh, Matt brought up a little bit about like the Kool Aid jammers and like the trash too, like individually wrapped 
foods and snacks, make sure those end up in a trash can. At the very least, you could do to help Mother Nature, you individually wrapped pack buying person. Um, that being said, I, I do it all the time. It's really unfortunate that we kill our earth this way. Uh, <laughs> At least you're and um, yeah, you know, I try my best. <laughs> I'm drinking a Gatorade out of a out of a thing right now, and I'm upset about it. But you know, we survive. <laughs> um, I got my water bottle right over there. So you know, we're trying, Billy. We're, we're trying, best. buddy. Um, uh, as far as the thieves, lock it up. Uh, I know that sounds strange, but you might get a locker at your camp. Um, if you're up north, maybe, and the temperatures are a little bit more uh, forgiving than Florida's hot summer sun, you can leave it in your car, maybe. That's always a good mm-hmm. idea. You know, um, nice shady spot. Your car is parked in. You can keep, you know, generally, you know, your snacks there. You don't have to worry about someone grabbing them. Um, also, you can get, like, um, duffel bags, and then the zippers can lock so you can keep a duffel bag like in a spot and then just yeah. lock it with a little lock and then you have a key and stuff and you can um, stop people from getting your food. I mean, that's not just for snacks. That's probably also for like valuables, like a laptop or your phone or whatever. You don't want to make sure anybody takes or something like that. Yeah. Um, and um, generally I say, you know, if you're willing to um, and you want to surprise your campers, a uh, nice camp snack one night is, is you do like a pizza night. You ask your camp director for permission, right? You say, hey, look, can we like order pizza to get delivered to camp? And then we can have the like delivery guy deliver the pizza to the cabin. And it's just hilarious. Like convincing your kids, like if you can get the pizza guy in on the joke as well, because I've I've done this, you get him to be like, oh, hey, uh, I've got a pizza for cabin koala. And like the kids just go wild. Like how, (laughs) what? (laughs) Um, so that's that's it's just hilarious and it, it incites chaos the next day as like kids run out of the cabin to go and tell all their friends at the Kagaga pit about there was a pizza delivery man who came and delivered pizza to the cabin last night um it's just oh man as a as a longtime camp director it's just hilarious to watch it's so fun um so like if a counselor came and asked me i would give i give permission short like not all the time like you get one per session and maybe it's a prize um mm. that you win but it is it's truly enjoyable for me um mm. it's a, and then my last thing is uh don't go overboard with your snacking um don't go out and buy like 150 dollars for the snacks don't be the guy who buys the like 30 pack of mountain dews and is just like walking through the staff lounge going like, mountain dew for you mountain dew for you everyone like d- keep it calm you know i understand that you got to go to sam's club or or BJ's or Costco and you got to buy in bulk and you're so excited about it and you want to like feed all your friends and stuff. But like camp snacking is not open bar night. It is, it is a way to get something small into your body that makes you feel a little bit better and a little, a little bit more like, I don't know, tasted. I don't know. I don't know a good word for that, but yeah, don't go overboard. Um, And by overboard, I mean, one time um, we took, I have a great story for this. Our CITs got to get to go to public, like on a little excursion. It's like a field trip they get to go on. And um, I was the the summer leadership staff. So I was, I was not the counselor, but I was one of the, I was a supervisor of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I, um, we took it, take them to Walmart and I'm walking around Walmart, making sure they're all behaving and doing what they're supposed to be doing. Not like getting anything too crazy. And I catch my boys, like three or four, 
um, campers and they're one of their counselors and they are attempting to buy a refrigerator, like a full blown <laughs> refrigerator to bring back to camp. And that, and when I say attempting, I, this thing is not on the shelf anymore. They have it in a cart. <laughs> They're going to check out and I have to explain to them that camp is not going to take this refrigerator. It, it's staying at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't go overboard. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, while I was stopping them from doing that, the girls bought a pet fish for their cabin. So, you know, you win some, you lose you win some, some, you lose some. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, don't go overboard with your snacking. Um, you know, usually your camp director is giving you a little bit of lenience by having snacks in the first place in the cabin, or, you know, you're sharing space to store snacks somewhere on camp. So if you're taking over that space, or if you're going overboard on your snacking, or even if you're just like super treating your campers over everybody else, right? Like not every counselor is going to go out and spend hundred dollars on snacks for their kids, right? Um, keep it small, keep it special, you know, keep that moment um, cool. You know, you it's insane what like one pack of Oreos will do for your cabin. And it's insane how little, um, like, I don't know, 50 packs of Oreos will do, you know, you just, you're more gracious. You're more humble. You are happier. Um, as somebody at camp, when you, like you get those small little gifts instead of a big, huge thing, you know, that's just my personal opinion, but don't, don't go overboard on it. All right. But moving on to going out, you know, you get food that's not cooked for the masses, but it's cooked uh, maybe specifically for you. So Matt, what's your advice for your going out to eat on your time off? Where are you going? What kind of food are you getting? You getting Italian, Chinese, hmm. this little sushi? What's that? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on the, where your camp is too. You might you might not have the most amount of choice if you're at a pretty remote camp and you're on your day off. Some, this will really vary. But I think uh, I can give you some kind of general tips here. And my first is a bit of a story. Um, I call it the the steak trip. And this is when, before I was a vegetarian, obviously, and um, I was on a canoe trip. I was an LIT director and the tripper, our LITs were just, it was the first kind of couple days and the LITs just were not used to lugging canoes around and they were, they're very tired and they didn't want to go back and go for another run of canoes. And, and it was just, it was a tough first three days of a week long trip. And so the, the other LIT director was like supervising and helping with all of their boo-boos and tireds and water and at the one side of things. Um, I promise I'm more compassionate, but I was very frustrated at the time. And the tripper and I were literally hauling boats for a kilometer, which is like half a, half a mile, right? Um, for like a kilometer along the, the portage to get them to um, the, the little cliff. So we're soloing canoes and just dropping them off and dropping them off and doing the work of an entire 16 person LIT group. And I literally remembered like standing at the top of the cliff and I don't yell very often, but I was like, somebody come get these damn boats. And the tripper and I, we got, we just got to the point where we said after trip, when we have our day off, we're going for steak. And the whole time we would just look at each other and go steak. And that that's what got us through those little moments. So, you know, you can use your time off food as a, as a, no matter what it is, whether it's, whether it's vegetarian, whether it's steak or not, um, to treat yourself once in a while, I would say just, you know, don't, don't spend too much money and, um, I, but it was a fun little way to get us through the hard moments of that trip. I loved, I love those LITs. Some of them are still good friends today. They were just really flabby at the start of that trip and steak got us through it. 
Um, hey, hey, they were leaders in training, you know, and it's the beginning yeah. of the trip. They needed, yeah, they, they were they need, in, you know, <laughs> they needed some training. That's right. Um, yeah. And then I guess this isn't a counterpoint that, but, but I, I think of all the times that I've had food on time off. Um, and I think I can think about like Huntsville, Ontario for me is like, that's my day off spot, even though I, I haven't worked in Huntsville in a long time. Um, but I can think of the restaurants, but even more what I think of are the people that I went out with and whether it was just like the crappy bowling alley in Huntsville or the like pool hall that had like bar food that was only like a little bit better than the camp food that we were eating. It, it, it's about the people and about the experience. So just, I would, I would, in, if I'm spending my time off, I'm prioritizing like experiences with my camp friends above the food. Um, and then the last thing I think it definitely should be said is um, drinking on time off. I think we've talked about this in other episodes. It's a follow your policy kind of thing. And just, you know, being aware of that you need to work when you're back on site. Whenever your next work assignment is, you got to be ready to do it. Um, and, you know, there's nothing more satisfying as a camp director to looking around the circle at which one of the staff members are the most hungover and sitting right beside them and leading one of the loudest camp songs in the entire world. Um, because that's the price you pay when you <laughs> when you party on your time off. So just just be responsible or be ready to face the consequences of trying to be a staff member when you're hungover. I do not recommend it. Not based on personal experience, of course. All right. <laughs> um, no, I think I, I like your steak story because there's definitely been times, and even now, like I, as the camp director, still think about that meal that I'm going to have at the end of the summer. Right. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's how far ahead I'm thinking about that, that special meal. I'm like, all right, cool. When the summer is over, I'm going to go out and, and I'm going to get a nice meal. And to be honest with you, like uh, I, you know, this past summer, we have a small leadership team, so it's not like a, it's a crazy expense for me, but I, I valued it a lot was when we ended summer, I took, like I had been thinking about this restaurant the whole time and going out and it's a little bit fancier of a place. But at the end of the day, I took my whole leadership team out. We went and we all got to eat there and, and I covered the bill and stuff. Um, but it was just such a special moment because it was the steak story, right? But also the, that feeling of like, you know, like it's an experience as well. Like I want to sit around a table off of camp with my entire leadership staff. You can't all get the same night off during the summer because, you know, someone's got to work at some point. Um, and, and we just got to enjoy that. And it, it was honestly, it's one of my favorite camp memories as far as like ending a summer. So I, I, yeah. I put a lot of value into it. Um, so that's a big one. Um, a big rule that I usually try to follow, um, is, uh, eat local. Um, don't go your chilies, your, um, uh, what do you call it? Your Applebee's, your like general chain restaurants. It, it's not that, you know, I have, I do, I totally have a huge issue with them. Don't ever eat that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> there goes our sponsorship opportunities no just, okay. <laughs> so yeah uh no yeah, yeah. Um, but, but but to be honest yeah there's probably i i mean half the camps in the united states probably like that is where camp staff go it's a cheap right. option don't get me wrong and, and it's a really easy just like you trust it right yeah. um but i'll tell you what you're going to get a better adventure. You're going to get a better story when you eat at a local place, right? Because you have a chance to, you know, talk to the server, ask, you know, ask about, you know, what else there is to do in town or just make a friend or just have like a positive relationship with someone who's a local in town. And it goes a long way for camp. Yes. Um, and I care about that. And I, I, cause I'm invested in, you know, your community engagement with your camp, 
But I also really feel that like you're going to have a better experience at a place that cares more about the service that they're providing you than a place where they're serving you because they're part of a restaurant, right? Like right. to me, like going to a Chili's, it's a restaurant. They're, they're, they're going to make you food. You're going to eat the food. And you're going to leave. Whereas like, if you're going to a local place, they legitimately want to make you good food. Like someone cares about that business. And I, I, and I think you're gonna have a better experience. Um, number two is unless you're going out um, somewhere that there's really good pizza, AKA anywhere in like the New York city area, um, everybody else. No, I'm sorry. Um, no, there's good pizza, other places in the world, but um, yeah, avoid pizza. And I, I know this is a strange one, but if you go out on your night off for pizza and your camp directors get you pizza as the special thing, like at the end of the week, or, you know, you order pizza in the middle of the night, um, whatever it might be, when you are a college age kid, pizza is a readily available commodity for you. And it's usually the cheap option that most people will get you. So you're just going to overload on pizza, I feel. Right. So like do taco night or something. I don't know. It's just, right. it's really lame when you look back on your week and you're going on your time off or something like that. And you just go, man, I've had pizza four times this week because there was camp pizza. And then, then the director got us pizza. And then we did that surprise pizza night. And now we're going on time off and everyone wants to go to a pizza place. Like it's just... It's draining. Yeah. Um, so that's that's another one that I just generally follow. Um, and then I like looking for theme nights is a big one. So like there might be a quiz night or trivia um, night that you can go to. There might be a Taco Tuesday so you can get like cheaper, delicious tacos. We have a great place here uh, by Camp Winona that does Taco Tuesdays. Phenomenal tacos. Oh, man. Game changers. Nice. Um, shout out to anybody who wants to come work for me. You, I can get yeah, you yeah, a great taco. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cheap movie nights are another good one. It's great to relax in a theater and just kind of, you know, sit down and um, enjoy a good movie. Uh, dollar putt nights, if you're going to go play mini golf or something like that. Free shoe rentals. If you go to a climbing gym or bowling alleys, um, they might have a cheap shoe rental or something like that for a night. And it's, it's a fun thing to do with friends. Um, so, yeah, think about what your think about what your activity is. And, and those things normally pair pretty well with foods. Right. Um then if you're trying to be a little bit cheaper and you don't care about food as much um, and you just need sustenance, you could always do takeout from the dining hall, get some Tupperwares, go to the dining hall before you leave for time off and just fill them up and go and do whatever you want to do, right? Save a dollar. And um, and if it works for you, you know, maybe, maybe all our advice about finding different food options is not the thing for you, but it's about the dollar bills and that's okay. You can keep that green. For sure. Um, and lastly, my favorite one. And honestly, you should do this. Make this happen for you during the summer. And that is getting a home-cooked meal at a friend's house. Mm. Or you bring a friend to your house for a home-cooked meal. Yeah. yeah. There's some weird discomfort nowadays, I feel, with um, younger generations, especially. Even, like, I'm a millennial, and I still would feel awkward, like, when I go to someone's house to have dinner. Like, there's that moment of, like, communicating maybe with their parents or something that, that you mm. just have to get overboard. But it is so incredibly worth it. Yeah. to go and have a home cooked meal at a friend's house and like be a part of their family for a night and like help clean up the dishes afterwards and like yeah. talk to their mom or their dad or their parent or their guardian, or maybe grandpa's on the couch or something like that. Um, it is just so, so valuable to you as a life experience to be able to have. And I will second this as well. If you have international staff at your camp, like I almost would say like I would pair my American staff with my international and say, 
bring them home for one home cooked meal and it yeah. will be an invaluable experience for the both of you. Yeah. It, it really is something that's incredible. And I super, super endorse it. Mm-hmm. So that's my big advice for the day. That's a good um, one. But Matt, I got, I got something on this show notes you got to talk about because we have something very exciting that's coming up for, for our First Class Counselors podcast. And um, we're looking for, for something. So Matt, can you give this little, little call out, this little shout out for a friend? Yes, I can. Sorry, my dog just barged into my office. Um, hello. Uh, <laughs> she is excited to tell you about, and I am also excited to tell you about, um, how uh, coming up on First Class Counselors, we are going to have uh, something a little different. We want to talk about interviews and um, applying and, and getting hired for your dream camp job. So, what we're going to do is on our next episode, we're going to do just kind of a, a 101 on applying and interviewing at camp. And then what we're hoping for two episodes from now is to have a brave soul join us for a podcast where we can do a mock interview with you um, before a camp job. You choose the you choose the type of camp, you choose the job you're applying for, and Oliver and I will be your interviewers. And we're just going to ask you questions like you're applying for a camp job. 30 minutes, something like that. And then we, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this with you ahead of time, but we're going to give you some feedback. We're going to tell you how you did. And we're going to use your interview as a jumping off point for another episode, maybe about, um, specifically about interview skills and how to bring your best self to the interview. So I uh, consider this the, the ultimate practice for your, for landing your camp job. It'll be just you, Oliver and me. And the hundreds of people that listen to this podcast. So, uh, so be brave. But, but seriously, please do come and join us. We're we're gonna have fun with it, and um, I think it's really good experience too. Oliver and I, we we were going back and forth on whether we would do this with someone in live time. And I think though, we we kind of came to that if someone applied to our camps right now and said that they had gone on a podcast that people listen to across North America just to get better at interviewing, I'm going to take a definitely a second look, a third look. I'll probably hire that person to be honest. Um, so uh, please do join us. If you're interested, email us at matt at gocamp.pro to apply. And um, just like that last box of Oreos, it's first come first serve. So uh, matt at gocamp.pro and we will uh, get you on the show. We'd love to have you. We're just going to ask you like typical interview questions that we do for anybody that we're trying to hire for our own camp, right? Yeah. Um, and Matt and I definitely have a, uh, a few uh, questions that I know we are excited to ask and also help like camp directors, right? Camp directors might want to listen to that show and just kind of see somebody else do an interview because I know that I haven't seen somebody conduct an interview other than interviewing me in, you know, a while. So um, it's a useful source, not just for all the camp counselors who are applying for jobs because you're helping your peers there. You're helping camp directors kind of learn a little bit more about how other directors interview. Totally. It's kind of cool to see um, a, a first uh, primary source, you know. Uh, so you will not just be helping yourself, but you will be helping camp professionals all across North America and whoever else may listen to this podcast. But we do have to uh, conclude today's show with our ego, our ever-growing, ever-learning, a trick, a tip, a game, or a song for counselors to become better every day. Um, And Matt, do you want to kick us off? 
Yeah, we talked about money a little bit on this episode, and it's um, this is just maybe it's more of like a life tip, uh, but it's an app that I use on my phone every day. And this is not the most exciting thing, but it is certainly one of the most useful, not exciting things ever. And that is a good budgeting app. And specifically, Good Budget is the one that I use. And I, I think as a camp counselor, you know, if, if you're, I know more and more people are kind of hustling for money and money is an important thing and thinking about like, I need this money for college or I need this for saving up for a car or something like that. And I think being uh, really judicious about your budget is important. And if you know you're going to a camp where like there's a camp shop with either clothes or food or those kinds of things, setting a budget and sticking to it is really important. What I love about good budget is it uses the envelope system of budgeting, means you set your budget and you account for every dollar that goes in and out of your budget. You can add income and you can you put little envelopes. So my personal envelopes for like my life every day are like groceries, gas. Um, we have like a discretionary spending fund that I can just, you can, we can buy whatever we want, but eating out entertainment. Um, and those are all kind of things we pay attention to month to month. And when we're coming up to the end of that budget, we're at the end of the budget. And at the end of every month, we look it over. It's a good practice to get into as you're getting into college and things like that, where you're becoming more independent of your own finances too. I wish that I was a better budgeter when I was in university. I definitely would have paid off my student loans a lot faster um, and made less rash spending decisions. Um, I'm so glad that Amazon Prime wasn't a thing when I was in university, which tells you, I guess, how old I am. But holy hell, I would have spent so much stupid money. Um, so if, if that's helpful, check out our show notes. Uh, I'll put a link in there for the Good Budget app. All right. Uh, <clears throat> I like that. Um, budgeting responsibility. Responsible is an important thing to do. Um, for me, I have a group chat paired. Um, so there is an app that I use um, um, that allows me and a friend to uh, get a question a day and you can't answer. Sorry, you can answer the question, but you can't see the other person's answer until they also answer the question that shows up for the both of you to see. Uh, it's called Paired. It's a great app. I will say it is romantically inclined so <laughs> it's not really for friendships um all the time there's def there definitely will be questions that you know bridge that gap a little too much but the idea is i think really fun so what i would suggest is if you have a camp counselors group chat that you're a part of you're like a returning staff member and you got all the old staff from there is have somebody who is posting a question each day that everyone just gets to answer. Um, and um, you can, you know, generally come up with questions. You can have the paired app. And if the question is suitable for friendship, you can put that question in there. But it also asks things that are a little bit more along the lines of like um, strengthening communication, partnership, stuff like that. So, you know, some questions might be deep some days, some might be fun, but I think um, I've really enjoyed having it. I've been using it for a little bit now. Um, and I look forward to answering the questions every day. Uh, although sometimes I admit I might get in trouble for my answers. Um, <laughs> I, there's also Oliver. Um, there's a, I think I talked about this website, uh, conversationstartersworld.com. Um, I, I love this site just because it asks, it has really good questions and like, 
I've used it just on long car trips, literally. And it it feels a little shameful. Like I can't think of a good question on my own, but I mean, that's what the paired app is doing for you too. So just ask better yeah. questions to people that you're chatting with and, and you'll find out a lot about them. Yeah. I think the really nice thing about it is, um, you know, you get that little notification each day and you just mm-hmm. kind of go, Oh, cool. Okay. This is my way of staying connected to everybody. And uh, it's a nice, nice little thing to do. Um, and, you know, maybe if you have a significant other, maybe I'm just helping you in that category as well. You know, you know, inspire some love. Something you world. never thought you'd, you'd get out of this podcast is dating relationship advice. Although we did a camp relationship. That was like episode three. So who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll turn this into a um, dating at camp podcast next yeah. season. Hey, look, <clears throat> I, um, for those of you who um, want a little quick ad, I will be doing a presentation at uh, Campfire conference for 2023 um that dated uh uh this january so in about three weeks uh about healthy relationships at camp so i will be covering some of those things to make sure that everyone kind of understands what it's like um to to promote healthy relationships at your site so a right. shout out for for the future um but with that being said let's outro this show because if you enjoyed today's show, we would be so grateful if you could tell us, um, you know, wherever you're listening to this podcast and a review, what you're, uh, what you're thinking about us. Because your ratings and reviews tell us what you like and don't like about the show. And it also helps boost our rankings and helps other people find what we're doing here. And maybe they can find love with all of our <laughs> useful dating advice. You're talking about us like you're trying to review our relationship. <laughs> you can tell it's late on hey, a look, Tuesday night here. <laughs> hey, look, the paired app only you only get to do it with one person, Matt. I can't do it with you, okay? Oh, I'm devastated. I'm the, the saddest I've been in a long time. Um, and don't forget, check out our show notes. We we talked about a couple things. There's some links there that you can check out and stay connected to everything else. All of our old shows are up on gocamp.pro slash FCC. And you can find out more if you go to gocamp.pro slash podcast. You'll see there's a lot of cool stuff going on in the camp podcast world that you should check out. So gocamp.pro slash podcast for that. Thanks for listening, friends. And remember, camps is camp and camp's all good. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the Summer Camp Professionals Group, a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.